I don't want anybody going away sad this morning. Shall we just start by saying that? We're going to go away full of joy and rejoicing in all that the Lord has done for us. So uh, this morning marks the start of a new mini-series that we're calling Refreshing the Foundations, getting back to some of the basics that are really important to us in our faith and as a fellowship here. Um, And of course for many at the start of the new year, it's a time to make some new year resolutions. Give me a quick wave at home as well if you've made any resolutions. Oh, a couple of people, a couple of, no, no, okay. Um, But uh, it's about making a fresh start for some people, isn't it? Uh, Starting some change for the better that we want to make in ourselves. It's a time to decide to, we're going to finally get fit or give up caffeine like Mig. Don't. Uh, and go on a diet, or maybe it's a decision just to work less, or worry less, or spend less. But the truth is, like most new res- resolutions, they get broken by, you know, halfway through January, let alone halfway through the year. Because it all becomes about finding the personal strength and the inner willpower to make a change in ourselves. As if somehow, suddenly, just at the start of a new year, we're going to be able to summon up all this energy and and strength that we never had for self-improvement and become this better version of ourselves. And I've known churches that do a similar thing as well. I've been part of a church and it used to love to actually set itself a new agenda at the start of every year. We're going to preach the gospel to more people this year. We're going to see this many more conversions. We're going to baptise this many extra people and we're going to become less worldly focused and more spiritually focused in this coming year. And it sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? It sounds like a really good thing, but the problem is actually sometimes those things aren't actually what's the top of Jesus' agenda at all. He's got some bigger plans or some different plans for us. It's what he wants in and through us. And uh, somehow that temptation, I think, just to decide that somehow we can become better Christians this year and do more of the things that we feel that we should do or we could do as believers become a bit like those resolutions. Because they might be good intentions, but they often fail because they're an agenda that we've set for ourselves or or they're set by men, not the things that matter to Jesus so much. So as we gather this morning, and as we start this mini-series, as we commit ourselves as Creech Baptist Church to one another as a fellowship and to following the Lord afresh this morning, I want to make it clear that what we're not committing to is just to try harder and better to be Christians. Is that okay? Is that clear? So we're not setting some significant plan for a clear and strategic walk, maybe. You know, something that we can say empirically that's going to work this year. We're going to be bigger and better by this time next year. Because although those things might occasionally be helpful, what really matters is that we renew our commitment not to achieving for Jesus but to walk in with him, in step with him. It's a commitment to being led by him, to be discipled by him, to follow in his footsteps wherever he may lead, and actually going at the pace that he dictates we should follow. So it's a refreshing of our commitment to walk alongside him, relearning what the message translation translates as the unforced rhythms of grace as Jesus leads us on. It's a reminder that walking with Jesus, journeying with him, is the goal of the Christian life. 
in which things that we do along the way or the places that we visit or even the disciplines of our Christian lives aren't the destinations in and of themselves. They're simply the means by which he might teach us more of what it means to know him better, know him more fully, trust him more completely. And the goal of the Christian life isn't to push ourselves ever harder to be the best Christian version of ourselves so that we we look more holy and more righteous and we're more self-sufficient and we're stronger in our spirituality. The goal of our Christian life is to become less of ourselves and more dependent on him. As we trust him to lead us where he's going. So you know when... Jesus called the first disciples to come and follow me. They left their boats and their nets and everything they'd spend their whole lives learning to do to support themselves. And they did what he asked. And there was no time for questions of clarity like, uh, where are we going? Or, or what do you mean by fishers of men? Or it was just enough that Jesus had called them to walk with him. Less about giving up fishing for the privilege of becoming a rabbi's disciple and more about just accepting an invitation from this guy to journey with him, to explore with him, to get to know the one who called him. And an opportunity to walk with Jesus will always be worth whatever we leave behind in order to do so. Yeah? An opportunity to walk with Jesus will always be worth whatever we leave behind in order to do so. Where else... Would we go, Peter famously said. You, Lord, have the very words of eternal life. Where else would we go? So what are the other options? Or what will it be like this year? Where will we travel? And will it be safe? Might seem like reasonable questions um, to ask. But at the end of all of our questions, it's Jesus who's inviting us to journey this year. Where else would we go? And if it's Jesus who calls us, we can trust him to work it all out. Not only is he strong enough to take care of us, but he's also the kindest person that we could ever journey alongside. So as we refresh our commitment to following Jesus' call this morning, let's remember that we're refreshing a commitment to trust in the one who calls us. A commitment not to trust in ourselves and our own capacity for change or self-renewal or development. It's a commitment to rely on his resources and his provision, not on our own. And in those areas that Jesus does want to transform us, because there will be areas in which Jesus does want to transform us, but the scripture tells us that it's him, his spirit, that's daily at work in us, transforming us into his image. It's not our effort and graft that's going to somehow bring about a deepening spirituality in us. So just a final thought here. Why did the rich young ruler walk away sad? I think not so much because Jesus asked him to give away all his possessions. Because let's face it, if Jesus was really asking him to buy his way into eternal life, it would have been worth it. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? You're going to live forever in the presence of God. What's it going to cost you? Everything. Okay, here you go. But I think what got him so sad was not because he loved money in and of itself so much but all of his security was tied up in the stuff that he has along with wealth and provision comes that sense of I've got this covered I've I've got my savings they're in the bank whatever happens whatever comes my way I can do this 
And I think he had enough to cope with whatever life might throw at him. And he's trusting in his wealth to save and protect him instead of trusting in the kindness and the strength of Jesus. And I think that's why Jesus asked him to give it all up. Because this year, and this year for us, he wants us totally reliant on him and his provision. He wants us to be totally secure in him. He wants us to know that if he's got us, we can trust him completely. And in trusting him completely, we've got everything we need for the journey, wherever he leads us. We can trust in his strength and we can trust in his kindness and his goodness to us this year and every year. Thank you. That's all I've got to say.